This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. episode of Entrepreneurs Get Visible, I am joined by Lisa Johnson. Now, the very first time I met Lisa was on my first podcast, almost exactly two years ago to the day that we recorded this episode. And both of our journeys have been vast and expansive and exponential in terms of growth, in terms of positioning, in terms of working out what we're about, and in terms of finances. In this conversation, we have a very frank and open conversation about growth, about what happens as you grow and you are more visible online, the the light and dark of that, and also what happens when you bring passive income into your business. I hope that you enjoy this episode. We certainly had a lot of fun recording it. So listeners, I am very genuinely very excited about this conversation today. As I just said, I have Lisa Johnson with me. And the very first time Lisa and I met was actually almost to the date two years ago today. And the first time we met was when I'd reached out to Lisa. I'd seen her doing Facebook Lives back when Facebook Lives were a whole new thing. And I said, Lisa, I think there's some synergy here about how we think about things. I'd love you to come on my brand new podcast, my very first podcast. I actually think Lisa was maybe my third or fourth guest back when I didn't know a single thing about podcasting, didn't know a single thing about interviewing people. And my podcast was focusing on mums and mindfulness and success, because that's always in there for me. And Lisa was right at the start of her journey as well. And we've both had, it's fair to say, fairly incredible journeys over the last two years. <laughs> when, we, when we were planning this episode, we had all sorts of topics that we were thinking we might cover. And actually, Lisa and I, we've just decided We're just going to go wherever we go in this episode and you're going to find out a lot about our journeys, what we've done, our growth and how we've done that, what that looks like. So hello, Lisa. Hi, thanks for having me back. I'm excited. (laughs) Well, it's not really back because this is a whole new show. I know I do have some listeners from before, but if any of you are interested, that podcast episode is still live at the moment. It's actually on my podcast, which is now branded Inspiring Success Podcast. And it's very much about mums and being in that mum space. So if you are curious after this episode, go and find that one with me and Lisa Johnson. I'm going to go and listen to it. I think I'm like two. Again, I can't even think of what I was like two years ago. (laughs) But even just interviewing people and I guess my confidence within the business space and the entrepreneurial space, it's a completely different field, isn't it? Yeah, it changes completely. So I've given you a little bit of an intro before this episode, but in your own words, what is it you do? I'm the passive income queen. So I um, help business owners who don't want to keep you know, having one-to-ones and working all the hours and they might hit an income ceiling and they want to make more money, but they don't want to work all the hours. So I help people do that by putting into place things like courses, memberships, group programs, things where it's one-to-many instead of one-to-one to make more money. And that's because that's what I did. I make over 90% of my income, my seven-figure income from passive or semi-passive products. See, I love that you've just dropped in the seven-figure thing because that's a fairly new thing for you. And two years ago, that was something that was out of the realms of possibility for you. Two years ago, I think I was earning just about six figures. So two years ago, 
I came across you because you had put together a Facebook group that was flying and you were doing daily lives. I don't even know how I got tagged in it or anything. And no one was really doing lives back then, but you were doing them almost consistently, I think every day. And this was a new thing. And that group grew like wildfire. And that was really interesting to watch your growth at that point. And at that point, you were very strong within the wedding planning industry. So you did have connections and a network and all of those kinds of things. So you weren't starting from zero. No. You had very successful business anyway. And now you have this seven million pound business helping people and you've carved your niche as the passive income queen. So two years ago in my business, I had, I'd been running Inspiring Mummy Club for under 12 months and I came into personal development because I have a big mission. I want people to think differently and behave differently and be more successful. But at that point, I had left behind the audio world, which was obviously massively my background. And I had no idea really about how I was going to make this work as a business. And I felt very much that I'd gone in the wrong direction. I was talking to the wrong people. Yeah. No part of me regrets that journey. Oh, no. Because I had to learn what made me uncomfortable, what I didn't want to talk about. And I had to learn the business processes that didn't work for me. And it all leads you to here, doesn't it? Because if I think back, I think, well, yeah, I had this wedding business. I'd had that wedding business when I was talking to you for two years and it had become quite successful during that time after a load of mistakes. So there was that side of things. If I hadn't made those mistakes, I wouldn't have wanted to open that Facebook group. At the time, I was only teaching wedding businesses. It it morphed into something bigger. But at the time, I was just teaching wedding businesses, you know, the mistakes I'd made so that they didn't have to make them. That's why I was going on every single day. And then other business owners were coming and going, well, actually, this makes sense for my business too. But without all of that happening, even on that side of things, if I think back to two years ago, was I where I wanted to be? No, I was nearly making six years, which is great. But I was knackered. I was working all the hours. But that had to happen for me to pivot. Yes, it's the pivot that counts, isn't it? You have to get uncomfortable in order to grow. And that's certainly my journey. That's something I resonate very strongly with. The things that I felt quite, I'm going to say ashamed of at the time, behind the scenes, but that I would never have let anyone know about at the time, the things I put a good front on, actually is facing up to that level of uncomfortableness. That's, I don't think that's even a word, but we're going to go with it. Yeah, we'll go with podcast. it. Um, <laughs> facing up to how uncomfortable that made me and the need to grow, the need to drive forward, and knowing that I'm a much more capable person than the results I'm currently getting. Actually, I had to fail. I had to, I'm not going to say, I'm going to say fuck up. It's my podcast. Damn it. I will swear. And I, I do think you have to. And if you look at anybody in business that's doing really well now, those people we look up to, they've all failed at some point because actually it really is. It's such a cliche, but it really is about how you deal with the failure, if you can call it failure, because it's a learning that makes you stronger in the end and therefore successful. If I hadn't had those failings, I would have coasted. Yeah. Coasted. And what's the point in coasting? I wanted to do something extraordinary, you know, have an extraordinary life with my my eight-year-old twins. That couldn't have happened without the failure. So what other things do you think have pushed your growth then? I think that when I hit that income ceiling, people were telling me for ages, if you're fully booked, you're successful. Like that's what I thought success was. So my whole aim at the beginning was get fully booked with clients. But then I got fully booked with clients and I wasn't successful because I was working all the time. I was never seeing my kids. And I was like, this can't be it. And it's burnout. Burnout happens when your diary is slammed. I used to look at my diary and think, oh my goodness, I've got back-to-back clients all day. There's no wiggle room here. There's no room to create. There's no room to be me because I'm focusing on my clients all the time. 
And that's actually a really uncomfortable place to be in. And not just uncomfortable, it's dangerous because you can get really ill. And I got ill two or three times where I was just doing, doing, doing to make more and more money. And from the outside, people going, oh, well done. Like you're in this magazine, you're doing this. And I was like, yeah, but I'm really unhappy with my life right now. This is not how I expected it to be. And so the thing that pushed my growth was me investing. So I then decided, right, if I'm going to really do this properly and have a life that I really want to create, I need to invest in people that can tell me how to do it. And I spent over 150000 in a year to learn everything I could about passive income. And that's what pushed me because then it was a no-brainer. I couldn't spend that money and then go, oh, well, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It was like, no, you have to make it work. So there's two things in that. One is the decision that you have to make it work. And I think there is that skin in the game. There is that putting that money on the table. At the time you made that £150,000 investment, and I'm assuming that was over the course of the year. That's not all in it one was. go. No, no, it wasn't all Each in one of go. those investments you made, did you feel ready to do that? No, I've never scary. Been I feel like right now I'm investing. I've just invested over 60,000 in two weeks into my own personal development. But do I feel ready to put 60,000 into something that you can't see anything for straight away? No, because if we're honest about it, we've all made those investments that have been wrong. We have all made those investments that have been wrong or that haven't pushed us in the direction we thought or from someone who wasn't as credible as we perhaps thought. Maybe that's for me, I always see that as my due diligence as well. If I haven't done the due diligence, if I haven't done my research, if I haven't been following someone for long enough and I make an investment. But also, you don't always know until you start working with someone what that rapport is going to be like. You can't know that. You have to hope. I mean, I look at some of the things I've done where I've spent money and it's been the wrong decision and I haven't done my due diligence. And actually, when I look back, I've still learned from it. It still actually helped my growth to an extent. It's shown me what I don't want to be. And that's just as important. Oh, my goodness. It's so important. And I think you can learn, actually, from client complaint as well as when you're on the receiving end of coaching or mentoring that isn't ticking all your boxes or there's something a little bit off about the way you're being, I want to say treated, but about how you're receiving that coaching or mentoring. I personally have learned so much about that, about how I want to show up for other people, the value I want to give, even things like how specific I want my contracts to be going forward so that people understand and know the expectation from me and from themselves. Yeah, I think you're so right. And it doesn't mean you have to be there for every client you have 24 hours of the day or go over and above what you're contracted to do. It's just about managing an expectation and actually delivering either what you've said you will or over delivering a little bit. There's no harm in doing that. But what I see a lot happening is over promising and under delivering. And that happened to me. And, and when that happens, Yes, it makes you think, oh God, I've spent all of this money and I'm not getting what I paid for. But what it also does is really gives you a kick is how are you showing up for your clients? Like, are you making sure that you are not being this person to your clients and that you're doing something very different? And that's brilliant. And you can't ever control what people say about you, but making sure that you know you've put in enough value and enough efforts that you aren't the person people are talking about going, oh, I wouldn't work with her because this is how it happened. And you can't always know that. No, you can't always know that. And I do think that, You have to always realize that if people, you know, as long as your clients, the people that you are working with are really happy with the results they're getting and are telling people that you want to work with what's happening, 
that's all you can do. And you should be happy with that. Don't worry too much about what the rest of the industry is saying, because that means a bugger all. So this is going to be a very nice segue, Lisa, into the dark side of getting out there and getting visible. Dark side. (laughs) Both Lisa and I have encountered online bullying in some respects as we've raised our profiles. And it can be quite hard to deal with at the time. But I think, again, it's kind of theme maybe for this episode is that there's a lot to learn from encountering that behavior. Without going into any details or breaking NDAs, give us a little bit of a flavor of what, as you've grown your profile over the last couple of years, what has impacted you in terms of bullying Mm. or negative feedback? I've had a lot. I think I have a lot more compared to other people, if I'm honest about it. I think I trigger people a lot. And that's probably because I'm honest. So I will show people my bank accounts online. (laughs) You know, I talk about money all the time. I don't mind being a Marmite character. What it's done is it's brought the right clients to me by doing that. People that do want to make more money and want to have more impact. But what it can also do is repel some people and trigger them to such an extent that they feel they have to lash out in some way. And that could be another coach. Mostly it's been competitors, if I'm honest about it. I'd love to say that the coaching industry is not a competitive industry and everyone's lovely to each other, but you're always going to get some people that feel threatened. So because I grew quickly, and I think that's, what the biggest problem was, not that I grew, but that I overtook a lot of people in only monetary terms very quickly. It meant that I got, you know, bashings in Facebook groups, people saying I was lying about my income, that I wasn't earning what I was saying I was earning, that I wasn't paying VAT, you name it. It's been said. People even went as far as to, to, to you know, go back and see how me and my husband got together. He left somebody didn't he leave somebody for her and I would never work with somebody that has ever done that and it went so deep into my background and these people actually found this kind of stuff out and then talked about it in Facebook groups and at the beginning when this used to happen to me like a year ago a year and a half ago it was really hard because I wanted everybody to like me I wanted my colleagues and people that I thought you know were nice in the industry to like me and they didn't and then as it's gone on And it happens more and more. And just last year, from June to November, I was badly bullied by two coaches who were really well known in the industry in the UK online and two people like who I know saying things like, because I've come in quickly and what I've earned quickly, those kind of coaches never last. They disappear. You should never work with them. You can't earn that kind of money quickly and not disappear, which is ridiculous. You know, I know a lot of people that have earned a lot more money than me, a lot quicker than I have, and they're still around. But Because of all of that, because it's happened so many times, I think, I have got better at dealing with it. So much so that I've been working with a mindset coach for the past year. And what I used to do, and I don't know whether any of you guys out there have ever been bullied online, but your first reaction is defend yourself. To like do one of those veiled posts on Facebook back where you don't mention who the person is, but they know who it is. And you're, you know, you just, you feel like you need to defend and attack back. Actually, I realized recently that's not the way. And so when this new... Still adding fuel to the fire if you do that. That's what it's doing. And actually, all of those people, normally it's because they're not getting the business traction they want. So they want to use you and your name as a kind of, you know, that no publicity is bad publicity thing. 
Whereas I don't believe in that. So actually the best thing to do is do nothing. And my coach made me do nothing this time. He said, don't even give it the time of day. So yeah, with that kind of brilliant, I did nothing this time and it worked a treat. By doing absolutely nothing, at first they got annoyed because I wasn't baiting. And so their levels went higher and higher and higher in their bullying stakes to such a point that they actually started talking to their own clients about me. And people don't want that. So people started leaving, working with them and coming to me and saying, I was working with this person, but she was slating you all the time in every single session we had. And I didn't feel comfortable anymore. So I've checked you out. And actually, I really like you and I want to work with you, which I want to get clients that way. But it really showed me that you just keep quiet. People see the truth in the end. The one that keeps quiet is the one that has the dignity. It's interesting, actually, because watching, it's not just you that I've seen it happen to, but watching those kind of explosive things that happen online. And I'm genuinely... It always sounds a cliche. I'm genuinely in what I'm doing because I want people to expand their horizons. It actually left a bit of a funny taste in my mouth for a while because I think I don't want to be associated with behavior like that on either side. And actually, I'm a big believer that there is no one truth. There is, everybody's got their own model of the world. So there is nuggets of truth because of how people are perceiving things. So there's no right or wrong. And that feeling that there had to be this camp and that camp, that doesn't work for me. No, actually, a a lot of people saying actually, not just that, but other things that I've seen as well, that actually in many ways, coaching gets a bad press as a result of those public shamings or criticisms, even though they're veiled, people within the industry do know. And at the end of the day, the people who are, I wouldn't say propagating, I might, maybe that's not the right word, but I'm going to use it. (laughs) If I'm having a real day with words, the people who are putting those, those things out there what are they doing? What are yeah. they doing? It doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't work. work. And you're right, you know, about this. Everybody has a different truth. And that's one of the things I've come to learn last year was that whereas I used to be really annoyed and angry with the people doing it, the people putting stuff out there, I'm not anymore because hurt people hurt. If people are doing those kind of things, it's never because they want to be bad. It's because something's happened to them that is making them feel scared or fearful or a lack mentality when it comes to their business or money or something. And it's not nice to feel that way. So if they're feeling that way, there's no point being angry with them because they're already feeling bad. So it's definitely made me see things in a different light. And there is a different truth. You know, somebody's truth is their truth. And if that's what they believe, who are we to change that view? So actually, Lisa, when you are worrying about what somebody else is doing, you're not walking your own path. For me, when I had horrendous online bullying in my previous industry, right at the start of Facebook, and it really made me question, am I in the right industry? Are these people I want to associate with? Does my work really matter to me that I'm going to put myself in this field, in this arena? And actually, for me, what that did was one, the supporters, the quiet supporters who aren't going to add fuel to the fire really came around and rallied around. And I got much more work as a result of being criticized and hung out to dry, much more work. I could increase my fees. I could increase my sense of self-worth. Those people look like, I'm going to use the word idiots because that's a nice word, (laughs) not what I think about them in my head. And actually now, what it meant for me was that I went on to go, okay, these are not my people. I am way better than these people. What comes next for me? And for me, that meant some massive jumps, even before I came into the space I'm in now. Massive yeah. jumps about who I wanted to work with, the kind of level of people, the integrity of people I wanted to work with. And actually, I saw that as a really important moment. But I think and that's what- hard. That's hard at the beginning to think that you want to 
do those jumps because I know what you mean now looking back. But when you're in it, you yes. don't think there is anyone else. You think there's a hierarchy of things. And, and it's massively made a difference for me because I now believe that like attracts like. And so the kind of people, as soon as I decided not to give this focus and to focus instead on who I do want to have in my life and the kind of coaches I would love to be around, that's made a massive difference. And all of those kind of people and now the people I'm hanging out with and it's them into my life, which is mm. amazing. And you can, you can pick and choose who you surround yourself with. For me, I now, if I go back into my previous industry and I look at those people, you know, I'm still on the edge of various Facebook groups, I can still see them behaving in that way and bullying other people. And yet I've gone on and I've, they're in exactly the same place. Yeah. I've gone on and I've created so many different amazing things and had incredible success because I, I stepped away from that rubbish, from that bullshit. Yeah. You will. And they'll just be in a perpetual circle of doing it because there's always going to be somebody that threatens. Yeah. And if you think in that way, you're always going to be worried about somebody. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to walk your own path. Yeah. So we wanted to talk a little bit today about passive income. And I think it's important we discuss that because you are the passive income queen, uh, self-styled. I don't think anyone actually gives you that mantle, that crown. <laughs> That's right. You, you say it first and then people will follow. But that is, <laughs> that is the whole visibility thing, isn't mm. it? People will know you for what you tell them you do. Absolutely. And, 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 walk and I think walk. I said it 10 times before now everybody says it. And when people call me, they're like, are you the passive income queen? Which I love. So I'm like, I made that up like a year ago. (laughs) So those of you listening, I just want you to know, I am the podcast queen. You want to know about building a podcast and great audio, you come to the queen. (laughs) Likewise with Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) So a little segue there into promotion for the podcast membership, which is launching. It's actually, by the time this episode goes out, it will be live. If you want to find out about that, you can find the links in the comments. But Lisa, so let's talk about passive income yeah. what were the steps you took and what advice would you give other people okay so the first step I took and this is now the steps that I take are the same every time I add a passive or semi-passive income stream into my business and the beginning I didn't know what these steps were so this is why I had to, to pay this money to find out and to study what other people are doing but once I realized that I was doing the same thing over and over again it was working I started teaching other people it and it kind of became a system because they started doing it and they started earning lots of money from it. So I've now trademarked this system. I call it the cash system, but but it's got two S's in it. I wanted it to have one S. I cannot, I cannot segment all of these words into the word cash. So it's cash with double S. We're going to let that go. <laughs> okay. So the steps are, and if you do these steps, you will make money. So the first step is the C in cash, which is customer client who do you want to serve instead of thinking about you know what should I have should I have a membership should I have a course should I do downloadables instead of thinking about any of that just think who do you want to help who are your people who are the people you really want to help and as soon as I did that it made things easier because I knew who I wanted to help I wanted to help people like me two years ago who didn't really know what they were doing and wanted to make some money and mainly women if I'm honest about it so once you know who that is and you really know them, just like you do for any other part of your business, that client avatar works important. You say that, but not everybody does it. Yeah, you're right. That not everybody does do their client, ideal client work, but they should. And you should know everything about that client before you start. So then the A is audience. So once you know who the people are that you want to help, grow an audience of them somewhere. I like Facebook groups, other people like Instagram or LinkedIn, but wherever you want to grow that audience, grow the audience. I like using a sales funnel. There are plenty of different ways to grow an audience and then nurture the audience. It's no good to have an audience there. You need them to become loyal to that by nurturing them. So then we go on to the S. So the first S 
of the two S's is about systems and structures. So, you know, how do you want to deliver what you want to deliver? Do you like doing audio? Do you like doing video like I do? Do you like writing? How are you going to deliver whatever it is that you're going to deliver? And where are you going to deliver it? So there's loads of different platforms these days for all of this stuff. You know, we've all heard of Thinkific and Teachable and Kajabi and all the different things. So there's lots of different choices. So you need to get to know that tech and never let tech put you off because there's too many ways of understanding the tech these days to do that. And then the second S is selling. In other words, launching. I love launching. And it made a massive difference to my business once I worked out how to actually launch. It's so important because what lots of people came to me with was, oh, I had this idea for a course and I've got an audience and I told my audience and no one bought it. And I was like, well, how did you tell them? Oh, well, I just went online once and I told them about it. <laughs> like, that's not launching. It's like a six to 12 week process. It's a long thing. And it doesn't have to be stressful. You generally launch on holiday. You have to prepare everything in advance, but there are ways to launch that work really well. And then the H is just keeping people happy. If you want a business that pays more than most businesses, you need to have repeat custom. It's much, much cheaper to get a repeat client than it is to find a new client. So keep that audience happy, whether it's in a membership, whether you're remarketing courses, make sure that the customer journey is really, really good and that you're over-delivering and that people love you. And that's what makes, you know, when you put a course out there, I've never used Facebook ads. I've never used affiliates. I haven't needed to because the people that have worked with me sell it for me. There's no better way of doing it than that. But make sure they're happy. So yeah, that's my cash system. And if you, if you do that, you'll make money. I want to just admit out loud, my first ever launch for Inspiring Mummy Club. I've never, ever talked about this. <laughs> I knew nothing about online at all. I knew nothing, nothing, nothing. I just knew that I had had this moment in Hollywood where I was like, I have to use my story, my knowledge, everything I stand for and my audio ability to help other people. So it took from that moment, it took about three months figuring out who am I going to help? How am I going to do this? And I literally had an idea on the 7th of February, 2017. So not even <laughs> years ago. Actually, by the time this episode is out, it might even be three years today. I had an idea five minutes before the school run. Who am I going to help? I don't want to work in, in just the audio field anymore, the voiceover field. I'm done with that. What's coming next? I'm a mum. I'll do it for mums. I used to feel really stuck in the playground. I'll do that. That was the sum total of my research. <laughs> but I'm an action taker. So I launched Inspiring Mummy Club six weeks later. I learned everything about websites and I knew I could create great audio content, hypnosis and visualizations. And some of that I actually use today as well. But everything was created for mums. What I didn't understand was about how, God, God, I'm actually blushing now. This is embarrassing. It's all helpful. But it has, but I felt so embarrassed about this for so long, I couldn't even talk about it. Hence, this is an exclusive. So I kept saying, I'm going to launch, I'm going to launch, I'm going to launch. But the day of my launch was the day I was opening cart. I knew nothing about opening and closing. I knew nothing about launch strategies. I had no audience. I literally went from, I'm a voiceover artist and I win awards doing this stuff to silence on social media. And then, hey, buy this thing. (laughs) How many people bought your thing? (laughs) So we launched cart at 9.30 in the morning, 11.15 at night. My best friend bought it. Oh, one of my best friends and it was a mum at school and then the next day I had a trickle but they were all just mum friends and I actually had quite a big following at the time but they were all creatives and ambitious people they were the wrong audience no by the end of that week it was a sizable income okay so it wasn't a complete disaster 
because I had a following and I did have them, but but not this audience. Yeah. And so that business actually was profitable from day seven. That's good. It was, the, it was never the amount. And also I'm a woman, how can I say this without sounding arrogant? I'm a woman who is capable. So the fact that this was not something giant really hurt my confidence. Yeah. But yeah. I was determined. And actually the same week, my dad had a heart attack and nearly died. And... I'm kind of throwing that in, but you can imagine what that was like. Yeah. This business, I got loads of national press, but I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't have a lead magnet. I didn't have any way. I had something like 150,000 downloads on my website on day two of my business, but I had nowhere, nowhere to, to send that information. But that's the thing, isn't it? I think that we don't know what we don't know. We don't we know. We can't know everything from the beginning. But I had no one to ask. No, I had no one to ask. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know anyone in this online space. I knew no one. And actually, I feel pretty proud that I survived in those early days. Yeah. And like, oh my God, I learned quickly. As soon as my dad had recovered, I learned very quickly how to do what I needed to do. And actually, the biggest thing for me was my pivot, was the fact that yeah. I actually... I don't want to speak to mums. I'll speak to you if you're the right kind of person, but I don't want to speak to you about how difficult it is bringing up children and mindfulness. They are part of the things that I do and that I believe in, but that's not what makes me tick. No. How can I sell that? But the thing is, I'd rather have a client like you who doesn't know but will take massive action than a client that feels like they need to figure everything out before they do anything. No, see, I'm the other way. Even now, launching pains me because I just want to get it done. But that isn't how you build a successful business. And it's learning to launch. It's learning to nurture an audience and learning to launch. That's changed everything for me. Having that gumption to go, you know what? I do know my stuff on this. I do know it. And yes, I might not know it as someone who's been doing it five years, but they don't have my take on it. They don't have this unique vision. There's not not just one expert though. You know, an expert, the definition of an expert is the person that knows the most about a particular subject in an average room, not the world. Is that the Oxford English Dictionary one? Average room. Look around you. Look around your room. What do you know about that's more than the other people? What's so funny is that obviously I'm now about to launch the podcast membership and I'm just dropping that in there again. I remember Lisa and I having a conversation absolutely ages ago and I've come to you, I'm recording this particular episode in my studio, in my house, because I am an audio expert, but I had no understanding that this is something I could package up that other people would want to need and buy beyond that industry. And I can remember giving Lisa some advice really early on days when you were looking at your first podcast. Yeah, yeah. And not even stopping to think, oh, hang on, I give this information, I can give you this for free because it's second nature to me. At no point did I kind of go, oh, business idea, because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. But also I think people don't know that they are sitting on a goldmine of information. The amount of clients that come to me and say, well, I don't know what I would have a membership or a course in. And then we look at what they could do. And I literally have a client that's made 500,000 in eight months from a new membership for theatergoers. You know, I was like, what do you like? Well, I like the theatre. I know everything about the theatre. And I was like, well, there you go. Like, Yeah, I had a client today who works in mediation. And um, she was like, I just, I don't know. I don't know who I want to work with. And then she went on to tell me she got a 15-year history in PR and advertising and how stressful <laughs> those environments were. But she hadn't seen the link. No, they don't. Hadn't seen the link. And that's one of the valuable things about a coach is mm. joining those dots together yeah. and giving you the confidence and the tools to understand that your backstory that maybe you're a little bit ashamed about or you've tried to leave behind, that's really valuable. Valuable. Mm, it is. And even if it's like people often say, yeah, but do I have to do a passive income stream in what 
I do now, like whatever my business is. You don't have to. You know, I have people that do Caribbean cooking, dating memberships. There's all sorts of things you can do. Look at the things that you used to do in your past jobs. What did you do there? Maybe you did customer service. Like how many entrepreneurs need help with the customer journey? There's so many things that you can do and people just don't see them. No, it's the same with podcasting. I know some very successful podcasts that that specialize, I say one, there's one that specializes in a very unique type of crocheting. And you think, well, actually they've nailed that market because they have a skill, a unique skill, a creative skill or an ability or an interest that they can then harness that audience. And it's working that out, but it's got to be something you're passionate about. It has, yeah. And profit follows passion. I really believe it does. So you need to be passionate about it. Yeah. Oh, Lisa, what a good conversation. If you want to find out about Lisa, then go to the show notes and you can find out all about the passive income queen. Because let's face it, who doesn't want to add in more revenue streams to our business? It just makes sense (laughs) because you do the hard work up front. No one's saying that that stuff's easy, but it's not impossible. And that's when the money comes in, passive and semi-passive. So if you don't do that already, look up Lisa. She's great. And I hope you've all enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.